0: The following content is strictly designed for the enjoyment of a mature adult audience. Headphones are recommended as these stories are recorded in left-to-right dimensional stereo.
1: Happy New Year, Erotica fans! This is Davina and you are listening to All the Filthy Details, the Erotica community's favourite podcast. Prepare to be tantalised and entranced as we embark on a scintillating journey into the world of sensuality and seduction. In this special episode of our podcast, we're pulling back the velvet curtain to reveal the tantalising tales and alluring secrets of past winners of the prestigious Star Recommendation Award. Joining us are the luminaries of lascivious literature, the incomparable Audrey Horne, the provocative Yancey Ball, and the sultry storyteller George Barrett. But that's not all. In this episode, we're also unveiling a preview of our Patreon-exclusive erotic audiobooks, a collection curated for our most ardent admirers. These tales are designed to stimulate the senses and transport you to realms where desire knows no bounds. Let's kick off the episode with a peek at Fast Track Fuckers, written by Pornica Assam. Enjoy. This is a partial story for all the filthy details. Head on over to the Patreon for the full audio. Links are in the description.
0: Chapter 2 I adjusted the hem of my dress as I walked into Swingle's Hall with a mix of excitement and anticipation. It was my second time attending this speed dating event and the weekend vibes changing my boring weekend routine added an extra layer of anticipation to my feelings. My first experience gave me the confidence that I would get laid again. I could tell that they were enjoying the moment, laughter echoed, and anecdotes flowed loudly as the ticking clock turned the conversations into a pathway for intimate connections. My date this time is a tall, dark-complexioned man. He is really confident. We had a good conversation and shared our names, unlike my first date where I didn't get his name. His name is Alex. He is 26 Finally, years old, bell buzzed, and he is a teacher. signaling the end of our conversation. This time I confidently led him to our reserved room, feeling more self-assured. Upon entering the room, I couldn't help but admire his physique as he undressed, exuding a captivating allure. He was undeniably well-built. I undressed, and as we began kissing passionately, I was struck by his adeptness. His exploration of my mouth with his tongue led to a tantalizing experience as he moved onto my nipples, delicately rubbing and pinching them, sending an electrifying sensation through my body. And I'm fully stimulated, savoring every moment of what he's doing. The introduction of the toy made me really excited as no one had ever used a toy on me before, never mind a used one. One hand holding onto my flesh, he smacks my thigh with the other and finally speaks. Stop. Just relax. You know it feels good. Moan, honey. The last part makes me moan, and Finger I love him for it. I around my anus, teasing the muscles and making them relax. His fingers play with my abyss until I start to relax. Like a memory from a dream, a dance in all the right places. I feel myself beginning to unwind. He rubs some on his cock, then inserts the tip into my asshole and probes until he slides in easily. There's no pain due to the work he's already put into me. His full weight is resting on me. His hands are wrapped around my wrists, tugging them back and producing a small, winded aching noise from my windpipes. He's anchored and begins to thrust. He pulls himself out of me, leaving me gaping open. He flips me over again and bonds my hands to the bed before pushing pillows beneath my ass, causing my cunt to be propped up and highly accessible. I try to move my legs in protest and manage to get the muscles to flex, but he's already thought of this too. He slips bracelets around each ankle and, using the bed frame, forces my legs apart so I'm spread open before him. He throws himself on top of me, thrusting his cock into me viciously, as his hands me, causing me to tighten around his body. cock as he ejaculates inside me, pushing his head against my cervix. He stops moving, holding me and catching his breath. I think he's finished. But he's not. I should have known better. Just as we've both calmed down, he withdraws from me, gets off me, and wanders away for a short while. I hear a buzzing sound again. It doesn't sound like the previous toy. Then I feel him pressing something against both of the holes he's been into. It's vibrating, and he somehow attaches it to me. The uninterrupted audio can be found on our discreet Patreon channel. We love that for thousands of our listeners, we're your go-to place to listen to top-quality erotica. However, we acknowledge that our full explicit audiobook library belongs behind an age-restricted paywall. So, we use Patreon in conjunction with familiar apps like Spotify and SoundCloud to house our premium content. And for a fraction of the cost of an audiobook subscription with the online giants, you'll get access to everything in our library. Rather than a single redeemable credit, you can cancel at any time, and it costs about the same as a single ebook. Find the link in the description and join us today. You're listening to All the Filthy Details. <laughs> Hot erotica to look out for.
2: Buy Curious by Christian Pan. Shannon is helping her boyfriend Justin explore all sorts of things in their relationship, including his buy side, but he's not sure he can keep up with all of the fun and games at the party she's taking him to. Buy Curious. Available in print and ebook.
0: The Witch of Rosemary Lane by Elena Nix captivating tale of love, danger, and dark secrets. Join Connor Dawson as he falls under the spell of the smoking-hot cat lady, Felina da Silva. With whispers of witchcraft and an irresistible allure, Felina may be too good to be true. As their desires intertwine, Connor's dreams take a sinister turn, and Felina is more than willing to make them a reality— But when a neighbor is found murdered, Connor must choose between revealing the truth about Felina or surrendering to his insatiable lust. Will their love survive, or will Connor discover the true nature of his bewitching temptress? Find links to all these titles in the description. You're listening to All the Filthy Details.
1: It's time for our first of three interviews with past star recommendation-winning authors. Next, we're talking to the charismatic Australian author, who is the mastermind behind the Jerry and Ali Erotica series, and the pseudonym Audrey Horn. Hello, welcome back.
3: Thank you so much for having me back. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: As we end 2023, let's take a moment to reflect on your year. What projects did you work on? What were their topics? What challenges did you encounter?
3: That's a great question. 2023 has been my first full year of writing, even though I'm not a full-time writer. I've released four books this year. Uh, one I started last year, and three I've written just in this calendar year. The books are The Night We Met, "Ghosted of Timor, A Short Story, The Other Woman, and I'm just finalising the first draft of tamper gold my fourth book in the series challenges i've faced well balancing full-time work a family and writing has been the biggest challenge and i'd rather be a full-time writer than a full-time worker but that comes with the territory
1: what were the primary obstacles you encountered during this year and what steps did you take to overcome them
3: other than wishing i had more time to write The hardest challenge this year has been marketing and recognition, and just sales. I know I'm only one year into this writing journey, but it seems difficult to just get off the ground and have anyone recognise you at all. That's why I'm just so grateful to have this opportunity to speak to you today and just talk about my work. It's just such a great thing for an author to have this platform. Rather than worry too much about instant success though, I've just concentrated on working on my writing, filling out my back catalogue. If I can't get any traction with a greater audience, I'm just gonna keep writing and hopefully success will come eventually. And if not, I'm just enjoying having fun.
1: We are hoping to attract more fans and writers of erotica in the coming year. As a recognized author in the genre, what guidance would you offer to aspiring new writers?
3: When plotting your story, pull apart all of the different chapters, scenes and beats and ask yourself this question, what links each scene? If the answer is the phrase, and then, you have no story. If you pull the story apart and run it backwards, and the thing that links the two scenes is the word, because you have a story. A story that advances because of the events of the previous chapter is far more satisfying to read and to write. One that is linked by the passage of time is nothing more than a series of unconnected events.
1: What Should We Anticipate in 2024?
3: In 2024, there'll be at least four releases. Tampa Gold will be finally released in early January. There'll be at least two new The Other Woman stories about Camilla and Jeremy's relationship. And finally, The Patagonian Affair should come out later in 2024. This story details what Jeremy gets up to in South America following an attempt on his life. There'll be lots of sexual hijinks and adventures, but the story will culminate in a high seas pursuit in Antarctica. Now, this is another real life event that happened in Australian history, and I've managed to work it into the next novel. I hope you really enjoy it. I'm very looking forward to this one.
1: Is it possible for us to get a sneak peek of something that hasn't been made public yet?
3: The Other Woman, part three, day. When they finally rose the next morning, they were both famished. After a drowsy embrace, Camilla offered to make them both coffee and fix breakfast. She slid out, slid out of bed and retrieved her ornately patterned silk gown from the chair in the room. Tying it closed, she looked at Jeremy expectantly. "'I don't have anything to wear,' he said, anticipating her question. "'You have a smile, don't you?' she mocked. "'Well, if you insist.' Jeremy made a show, preparing to heave off the doona, revealing all, when Camilla stopped him. Alright, alright, you've made your point, jeez. She walked out of the room and returned a moment later, throwing his shirt at him. Just cover up, why don't you? I think I've seen enough. Over breakfast, they talked about nothing. Jeremy commented on the apartment's location and the decor, while he silently picked out little details like Camilla's taste in books and music. It was while he was examining and commenting on her CD collection that Camilla changed the subject. ''I have a favour to ask,'' she said nervously. ''Can we please not tell anyone about last night?'' Jeremy knew how these things go, so the question was not entirely unexpected. ''Okay. If that's what you want, I'll do that for you.'' ''Thank you. It's just this place. Not this place, but the culture. At work. I don't know if I want to stay here and do this job forever but I have to decide soon about my future. It's just that if I decide to say, then this could be a problem. Not you, but more that this happened when it did. Others don't know our history and they would judge me. Politics is a dirty game and there are always people who would use this to hurt me. They'd file it in a deep, dark place and bring it out one day when I least expect it. I understand. Relaxing. Camilla smiled at him and sipped her coffee. Thank you. I knew you would. Still wearing just his shirt, Jeremy rose. I had a lovely time, he said. Walking over to where Camilla stood, he kissed her and said, Thank you for a wonderful evening. He finished his coffee and put it down on the saucer. I'll be out of your hair as soon as I can. He turned and started scanning his room for the discarded clothing. Puzzled, Camilla asked, What are you doing? I'm just trying to find my shoes. Why? So I can walk home. Are you leaving? Aren't I? Camilla put down her coffee, then walked over and kissed him. What do you think? She turned away and walked towards the bathroom. Pausing at the door, she untied her rope and let it drop to the floor. Turning, she leant up against the door frame, her right arm reaching as high as she could, while she curled her right leg up under the looking for all the world like a photographer's model, She beckoned him over to her with her left index finger and saying, come and get a cowboy.
1: Thanks for joining us.
3: Thank you for having me back. It's been a pleasure speaking to you.
1: You're listening to all the filthy details. (laughs) In this tantalising episode, we're shaking things up a bit. No erotica reviews this time around. Our dedicated team has seized a well-deserved break, but don't be fooled. Behind the scenes... We're on fire. Our creative sparks are blazing on Patreon, where we're crafting an abundance of exclusive content that's bound to ignite your senses. Here's a sneak peek of a part of Enchantress, a Patreon exclusive by Derek Andre.
2: Samantha Heathcliff inquired What was the most awe inspiring magical revelation you unexpectedly stumbled upon? An excellent question. I believe the answer lies in what I discovered in the Icelandic peninsula. My journey to Iceland was nothing short of an adventure, perhaps not the wisest decision. I was lured by the allure of the seasonal lower costs and decided to brave the winter season with its short days and harsh weather. My purpose for the trip was to meet Eirik, a renowned sage man who had graciously offered to teach me a range of spells, including an ancient fertility spell known for its ability to conceive twins. However, as fate would have it, upon my arrival I received disheartening news. Eirik had been arrested just days before. This turn of events presented a major setback, as Eric's covenant was on the brink of embarking on the Galdralag, the first stage of a ritual dedicated to summoning Freya, the Norse goddess of fertility. Galdralag promised an unforgettable experience featuring an extravagantly directly from their fingertips. This unique element of the ceremony appeared to both invigorate and satiate the participants, replenishing their energy reserves with an abundant feast. As the scorching heat reached an unprecedented peak, Magnus, with his staff in hand, led us to the enchanting charms announcing the grand commencement of Astblot, the next phase of this mystical ritual. We were guided into what seemed like a magnificent dormitory, adorned with luxurious king-sized beds, The ushering Visendakona, who were not partaking in the ceremony themselves, divided us into groups of three and graciously presented us with a generously sized chalice filled with an intoxicating elixir. They called blodhulda, a drink that promised to transport us to realms unknown. Little did we know, its secret ingredient was none other than animal blood, meticulously treated to prevent clotting. To my delight, voices in a melodic blessing dedicated to Freya, the goddess of love and fertility and with a delicate, barefoot shuffle they bid us farewell, leaving us to embark on this extraordinary moment of initiation. Kara's English was far from perfect, but as a guide she was flawless. This wasn't my first group sex session, but understanding the symbolic choreographic nature of what was taking place around the room would have been a challenge if it weren't for her. Lie next to me and present your flowers, she instructed. In nature the flowers stick together and bees come and go, she surmised. Obediently I lay next to Kara, presenting my open sex to Baldur, as Kara did the same, beckoning him in. He came over and began kissing us both. His hands caressed our bodies and teased our nipples. He kissed his way down my body to my genitals. He licked me all over before pushing two fingers into me and then sucking them clean. He inserted his fingers into Kara and did the same before sharing her nectar with me. He kissed his way up my body and began kissing me, I could taste Kara on him, which was a turn-on. He broke the kiss to move over to Kara. He kissed her passionately before moving down her body to her pussy. He licked all around before pushing two fingers into her, then sucking them clean, and repeating the process until she was dripping wet, anticipating his penetration. Balder's member twitched as he started lining it up to penetrate me. While Kara masturbated furiously, he slowly pushed his cock into me, and I moaned. It felt so good to have him inside me again. He started thrusting in and she out of me, penetrating. My my pussy and I moaned and as she flicked her tongue over them. She moved down further, kissing my stomach before reaching my opening. I spread my legs wide for her as she licked me slowly and sensually. Her tongue darted in and out of me, flicking against the sensitive flesh inside. I moaned contently, wanting more. She continued licking me and sucking on my clit. I could feel an orgasm building inside me. She sucked harder on my clit and her tongue worked its magic on me. You can
1: listen to this story and our entire erotic audiobook collection via our unbeatable Patreon offer. Or if you need more convincing, you can dive into the captivating world of Enchantress by listening to the first five chapters for free. Don't miss out on this opportunity. Click the links in the description and get ready to be enchanted. You're listening to All the Filthy Details. (laughs) It's time for another exclusive interview with an award-winning author. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Yancy Ball, a master of epic, Afrocentric world-building fantasy erotica. Hello, welcome back.
4: Thanks for having me back on the show.
1: As we bring 2023 to a close, can we reflect on your year? What projects did you work on? What were they about? What challenges did you face?
4: So 2023 for me was a year of transition. Um, I would say I didn't really get as much writing done, as I erotica writing done, as I wanted to. I spent a lot of the year working on a horror novel called Hellfighters, which is uh, set during the Harlem Renaissance. Um, But I did finish three uh, erratic projects. One of them was a bundling of the Wild God Slumber series. So Blossom, which was the story uh, that was my Star Recommendation winner from 2022, is a novella in that series. And so now the entire series is available as a single ebook. Um, the second erotic story that I finished was called Assimilated, and it's a novella, uh, queer enemies to lovers erotic romance with very strong dominance and submission themes, a lot of fun to write, and it's also based in Jara, which is the same world as Wild the God Slumber. Uh, and then the third erotic story that I finished was Called Grains of Paradise, and it's a flash story which I will talk li- talk about a little bit later and uh, maybe do some reading from.
1: What were the primary obstacles you encountered during this year, and what steps did you take to overcome them?
4: So, this year, I, I think my main challenge has been moving on from what I've written before. Um, While I Got Slumber was the first series that I've ever written, whether erotica or any other kind of writing. And I spent two years on it, and I love it dearly. Um, You know, I started the year writing kind of a spin-off series that was centered on a character that I introduced in the last book of the series. And I got distracted, and I realized that you know, I really wanted to write something different, like this world of Jara that I created. You know, I want to tell you another story um, from that world that's entirely different than While the Gods Slumber. Um, that series was very much based on Swahili culture and. Um, the mythology of the Swahili coast and Central Africa and Southern Africa, um, and there's so many other African milieus to write in. Um, but I also wanted to have more queer representation um, beyond um, just lesbian characters and um, gender-fluid demons, um, there's a lot more um, I think there's a lot more sexuality to uh, <laughs> to show in the stories and um, and then you know Blossom was, if you recall was a was kind of a creepy story uh, and with all the horror writing that I did this year, you know, I really enjoy that the dark discovery um, in that novella and um, the stories that I've written, um, that I'm writing now, and um, assimilated too, the, which was large, the longest story that I wrote this year, um, has that kind of creepy style to it. Um, so yeah, so that has been, I think, my biggest challenge. Um, and then the other challenge is the same one that uh, all erotica writers, I think, face, and that's finding our audience. Um, you know, hopefully we write what we love, and, um, and then we find the people who, who want to read what we're writing, and so um, I've been working on that uh, just as much as I think everyone else does.
1: We are hoping to attract more fans and writers of erotica in the coming year. As a recognised author in the genre, what guidance would you offer to aspiring new writers?
4: So, my advice to aspiring writers, uh, I think number one is to write what you love. Erotica is a, as a genre, is very much divided into niches and fetishes, and because readers are looking for what turns them on. and. Um, so I think you should definitely write what turns you on. But if you find that there's something else that interests you, another niche of fetish that interest, interests you and you want to write about that, don't feel bound to one particular fetish. Um, write what you love, write what your interests are, because I think that genuineness will come through to readers and your best work will be, you know, the stuff that you really care about. Um, the second thing I would say is to get feedback in a way that um, is valuable to you. Um, you know, for me, like I've learned so much from other writers. Uh, I've become the writer that I am, workshopping with other writers, critiquing their work and having them critique mine. Um, and in the erotic writing genre, that's. Really hard to to do. I, I think a lot of us are solitary because of the kinds, because of the content of what we write. Um, but there are other other sex writers out there who want to be your friend, and there are ways to connect with them. There are Discord groups. Um, there are um, forums of erotic writers, and and. They're very sort of close commun- communities on Twitter and other social media. Um, and you can learn a lot from other writers, whether that's through um, friendships or through beta reading, um, or just reading other people's work and seeing, you know, the things that they do that you really like and want to adopt into your own style. Um, or you might want to get feedback from readers. You know, maybe you want to hear reader reviews and um, develop like a Patreon or a newsletter so that you can connect more with readers and find out what it is that they want to see in your writing. But find ways to get that feedback um, and um, use it to develop your craft. Um, I like to, to think that every... You know, the last story that I wrote is always the best story. Um, that you're always becoming a better writer. So those would be my two two kinds of advice. You know, get feedback in the way that 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 is meaningful to you, and um, write what you love.
1: What can we expect from you in 2024?
4: The erotica series that I'm currently working on is, I would say, it's less of a romance and more of a found family story. It takes place in Jara, of course, and this is in a region that is loosely based on the mythology of Senegal and the history of the Songhai Empire. The series will bring together a group of very disparate and very horny characters from this setting, and there's lots of creepy adventure in it. It'll also introduce new species of demons that are based on that region's mythology. So you can expect to see at least a couple of novel novellas from that series in 2024. I'm also planning to finally start my free newsletter um, and the newsletter is gonna have flash fiction in it, um, some recommendations of other fantasy erotica that I like and uh, maybe some poetry from Jara. You can find updates um, on all my projects on my website, which is worldofjara.com. And Jara is spelled J-A-R-R-A.
1: Is it possible for us to get a sneak peek of something that hasn't been made public yet?
4: Brains of Paradise is a flash story. It's about 1,200 words. And this is the first story of this length that I've ever written. Um, But it was so much fun that I want to write more Flash in the future. As you can tell from any of my stories, I love world building. And through Flash Fiction, I can give you, in a very brief time, with a minimal amount of work, a snapshot of what life is like in Jara. So it really appeals to me. So this story will be published in The Big Book of Quickies, 69 Erotic Stories, which releases June 11th of 2024. The editor is Rachel Kramer Bissell, and the publisher is Cleus Press. Grains of Paradise by Yancy Ball. Chunziri drank deeply from his jar of millet beer, noting the raw grain aftertaste of a hastily made brew. An amber band of sky lined the eastern horizon. Not much time left, he thought. War drums ca- called across the plain. In minutes, he would join the rest of those from his village on the lines. And then the rising sun would glare down on, upon a battlefield watered with blood and tears. He was many days' march from his home. But the people of this land still spoke the tongues he learned as a child. He was still in the place where his ancestors dwelt. He poured the rest of the beer out to those spirits who watched over him. The libation spattered upon the ground of the camp, warm on his sandaled toes. At this moment, there were so many to pray for. But he said his his prayer silently for Shia. Several warriors ran by, steeped in pre-dawn shadow. Shinziri knelt on, on his sleeping mat. The gift Shia had given him was tightly wrapped in palm leaves. He took care on wrapping them, for this was bush magic, delicate and formidable. Inside was a small clay mortar and pestle. Inside the curve of the mortar were three brown seeds. Chinziri's lips parted in surprise. Open it on the eve of battle, Shia had told him before he left her at their village. He'd expected a protective charm to wear, but this was something different. Shaya visited the herb witch often. This was no charm, but it was powerful magic. A quick twist of the pestle crushed the seeds. Chinziri poured them into his mouth. The flavor was sharp, peppery, but he did not let it linger. He swallowed it down with the dregs of his beer. Almost immediately, he sensed her. At first, he thought he imagined the grassy scent of the shea butter she rubbed into her scalp, the tickle of her breath on his face like a morning breeze. If he craved her enough, could he fool himself into thinking she was here with him? Was his desire for her so strong? But the sudden heat he felt in the pre-dawn chill was not just the kindling of his arousal, it was her warmth. Under the distant drumbeats, he felt the thump of her heart, as if he pressed his ear to her breastbone. And the musk of her desire, well, that aroma he recognized well. This is not imagination. This is memory. But no, it was not quite memory either. This was vivid, tangible, and present. More warriors dashed by, calling for their kin, or screaming battle cries as they prepared to fight. Chinziri told himself they couldn't see him. And if they could see him, he didn't care. The moment was his. He closed his eyes, and the outside world faded away. The first time he'd lain with, he with Shia, in a grove just past the millet fields, it had been like this. Only a few branches and leaves shielded them from the view of a group of farmers getting drunk on palm wine in the shade. But that hadn't stopped Chinziri and Shia. Just like on that day, he felt her lips on his, soft and inviting. Strong hands cradled his head, ran through the tight curls of his hair. Her braided tresses fell across his shoulders as she straddled his lap. Neither of them spoke a word, just as the event had happened before. This was the past, and yet the sensations were now. How much he must have paid the herb witch for this magic. Even as their kiss endured, she scooted back to pull at his loincloth. His straining cock sprang free jetting proudly in the air shaya stood over him and unwrapped her skirt she wore nothing beneath it before she could lower herself down upon him his hands stole around her wide hips he dug fingers into the soft swell of her butt drawing her towards his face and i think i will stop there because i don't want to give away the ending it's a short story Um, But if you liked it, again, that's in the Big Book of Quickies, and it is currently available for pre-order.
1: Thanks for joining us.
4: Thanks for having me back on the show. It was fun.
1: You're listening to All the Filthy Details. (laughs) In 2024, we're seeking to partner with up-and-coming erotica writers, podcasters, podcasters, bloggers and influencers to help elevate our underground niche into a content and resource powerhouse. Regardless of your current status, if you're passionate about growth, we want to hear from you. Get in touch with us on X or via email to explore this exciting opportunity. In our final interview of the year, we'll be talking to the creative visionary behind the Sanguine Elf, the award-winning erotica writer George Barrett. Hello, welcome back.
5: Thank you for having me back on the show.
1: As we bring 2023 to a close, can we reflect on your year? What projects did you work on? What were they about? What challenges did you face?
5: See here, what have I done this year? Um, The two projects that I've done this year first are a short story called The Runaway Monk, which is published in the anthology Knights and Maidens. And uh, the second one is my biggest project, is a book called Home for a Christmas Wish, which I mentioned in a previous interview. Uh, what it's about, is about a um, down-on-his-luck uh, guy who lost his, his job, his apartment, and his fiance, and he has to move back home with his parents in his old hometown. But in the course of events, he discovers something in his old hometown that he never would have expected. Well, don't want to give away too much, you'll just have to read the book. The challenges that I faced in uh, writing this book was uh, it was mainly a deadline issue. I started working on it around I think either January or February of this year and I didn't even finish it until roughly around um, end of October, beginning of November and then started to do the editing process and uh, I had to essentially do it a lot a lot quicker than I would have normally lived, liked to have done it, but that's the magic of deadlines, it forces you to stay on task.
1: What were your main challenges this year, and how did you cope with them?
5: The biggest challenge that I faced this year is editing as I go, and that really got in the way of trying to get in, in touch or at least get to the deadline as best as possible, but the fact that the book was done and got out to market uh, the way it did shows that I did break through that. But the other big challenge that I face is the fact that I have a regular, well, nine-to-five job in retail, and that often gets in the way of creativity because when you work retail, it really drains your head, and it's hard to do anything creative once the day is over.
1: We personally want to see more erotica fans and more writers next year. As authors, you've been endorsed as being among the genre's best. What advice would you give new aspiring writers?
5: Let's see here. What advice would I give new and inspiring writers? Well... The best advice I would give is the advice that I heard from both Ray Bradbury and Stephen King is that you have to read a lot and you have to write a lot. And uh, there's no real shortcut around that. But the other thing I would add to that is don't limit yourself to the genre that you're writing in. Yes, research that genre and see what other people are doing, but also look into other genres. Maybe you'll find something in Western or in literary fiction or... Yeah, you know, even nonfiction. Maybe you'll find something there that'll give you some ideas of what to do with your own work. But this is something else that I think Ray Bradbury and Stephen King left out of their advice: is that you do have to read a lot, but often you have to reread your own work, and that's the real bulk of the problem. Is uh, and there's no real shortcut out of that.
1: What can we expect from you in 2024?
5: Just like this year, I am working on two projects. One is a short story, which I do think may um, extend to the length of a novella. But also I'm working on a, a another story, another book that I think is going to work into the same um, line of story that I did with uh, the one that came out this year. Essentially, it's going to be part of what I call my holiday harem series, where essentially it's going to be um, one story centered around a certain holiday. And the one I'm going to try is going to be centered around Halloween, and that's the next one I'm working on. The next one is going to be a sci-fi sh- um, story that um, I'll be working in conjunction with my friend Diesel Jester.
1: Thanks for joining us.
5: It's a pleasure to be back. Thank you.
1: You're listening to All the Filthy Details. <laughs> As we draw the curtains on our final erotica podcast of the year, we want to take a moment to express our deepest gratitude to you, our incredible listeners, and cherished Patreons who have made 2023 an unforgettable journey, as we anticipate the tantalising adventures that await in the coming year. We invite you to join us on Patreon, where the allure continues, there... Behind the velvet robes, you'll discover an exclusive trove of explicit content reserved just for our most ardent supporters. Your contributions make it possible for us to push the boundaries of passion and creativity and we can't wait to share more intimate moments with you in 2024. Thank you again for listening. Stay safe and see you soon.